0: Alrighty folks, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Dante Delante. Today or this week, I'm going to be writing solo, so I'm not going to have a guest. Again, I'm going to do a shorter episode to talk to you guys about a different form of real estate, different part of real estate, um, something specific that I usually want to talk about. Today, I'm going to be calling, talking about cap rate or capitalization rate. So there's a lot of things that go around with the cap rate, what it is, what it isn't, what it does measure, what it doesn't measure, and you guys will find a lot of info out there if you do search what is a cap rate in real estate, what is a capitalization rate, what that will accomplish for you, what it tells you, and how it's measured. I read a bunch of different things. A majority of them are going to say the same things, and I always thought it meant one thing. I read one book, and it really helped me understand what it actually is, what it actually measures, and why I really actually care what a cap rate is. So moving forward first, a capitalization rate. So if you guys go on, let's say, uh, investopedia.com and type in what is a cap rate, it'll say what is a capitalization rate. The capitalization rate, also known as the cap rate, is used in the world of commercial real estate to indicate the rate of return that is expected to be generated on a real estate investment property. So I already don't like that for one reason, it says what the rate of return that is expected to be generated. I'll dissect that a little bit in a moment. This measure is uh, computed based on the uh, net income. It is calculated by dividing the net operating income by property asset value and is expressed as a percentage. It is used to estimate the investor's potential return on their investment in the real estate market. I don't agree with that totally. You guys can agree or disagree, but I don't agree with that just because it says, is used to estimate the investor's potential return on their investment in real estate. What it does leave out and what you'll read a lot is if the investor was to buy a property in cash or with no leverage, no uh, bank mortgage. So it's basically telling you whatever the return is um, and then you're going to be uh, dividing that by the value equals the cap rate. I don't really like that too much because Something you'll hear a lot is cap rate is like buying cash for a property, what your return is. I don't think that's right because what it's not including is your closing costs. So yes, it's going to include things like property taxes, insurance, repairs, vacancy, but it doesn't include your closing costs on the property or what you're putting into the property. That doesn't include it. It just assumes you're paying cash for the property and your taxes and insurance are part of your expenses for the property. So let me give you an example. If a property has an NOI of $100,000 and the price of the property is a million dollars, that cap rate is 10%. So 100,000 is the NOI, the net operating income, and for those of you that aren't aware of what your net operating income is, it is your gross rental income minus your expenses, not counting any debt service, any mortgage on the property. So gross rental income, so that's your top of the line number, or uh, Uh, Gross potential income, so what that property would rent out for if it was at top of the market, top rents, and 100% occupied. Then you subtract your vacancy percentage, your lost leases, um, so that means what your below market rents are, property taxes, property insurances, uh, maintenance and repairs, common utilities, if any, and whatever other expenses you have. That equals your NOI, your net operating income. The higher your net operating income, typically the higher your property value is going to be. So again, we're taking the NOI, which in this case we'll say is $100,000, so your rental income minus expenses is $100,000, and the price of the property, let's say someone's asking a million dollars for. That's a 10% cap rate. That's pretty good. But again, I'm not looking at those things. So with those cap rates, you know, things that didn't include in your expenses is your closing costs. So let's say your, your NOI is $100,000, and let's say your purchase price is a million dollars, let's just say in this sense your closing costs are 2%, which is $20,000, well now that equation doesn't account for your closing costs. So if your closing costs are 2% on a million dollar property, year one, your NOI goes from 100,000 to 20, uh, to 80,000 technically if you account for your closing costs to get into that property. so. Now we have 100,000 minus 20,000 is 80,000 divided by your million dollar purchase price. You are now at an 8% cap rate. So the property drops by two whole points as far as a cap rate goes. So let's set that aside real quick and talk about cap rates as a whole. I'm gonna dissect it a little bit more as how it works into commercial real estate. So the cap rate, the way I like to look at it is it kinda gauges the risk on an investment or the risk on a property. Typically the higher cap rate, the higher return, therefore the higher amount of risk, the higher amount of management. So a high cap rate isn't always a good thing. So if you're buying at a 10% cap rate, you also have to look at, okay, is it a higher return because there's higher risk to the property? Is it, you know, a D class area? Typically you're gonna get higher returns in those lower class areas or those older buildings because there's more risk. I've seen cap rates all the way down 2%. Cap rates are compressing because of the, all the competition in the market space. That could be a Class A brand new apartment complex that's at a 2 or 3% cap rate. But that's because there's less, le- there's less uh, risk associated with it. So your building's all brand new. Everything's new. You're not going to be putting too much into maintenance and repairs. But then again, you now have to look at the market as a whole. What's the vacancy rate on the property? Is the vacancy like 20%? That's actually a lot of risk, so you have to account for that. So that's kind of how I look at the cap rate as a risk factor, so it, um, it measures my risk in the property. But what I'm really looking at it for is I'm using a cap rate for the sale aspect. So in a great book I really enjoy reading called The Hands-Off Investor by Brian Burke, which he will soon be coming on the podcast with us. Um, He has a chapter in his book called Cap Rate and Valuation and I think it's a great section in his book. Just what he talks about, what he uh, dissects about the cap rate and valuation is phenomenal. And he lists four things you commonly hear about cap rates. One is cap rate is equivalent to the return I receive if I pay cash for the property, something I mentioned earlier. Another one is I need to buy at a high cap rate to get the returns I'm looking for. Kind of like what I said earlier as well. A high cap rate means I'm getting a better deal. And the last one is, if interest rates rise by 1%, cap rates have to increase by 1% too. You don't hear that too much, but that's definitely a case. Um, He says basically all these are wrong, and I pretty much agree with him. You know, when I first read this and I read, oh, those are wrong, I'm like, what is this guy talking about? I read a majority of his book in the beginning, so I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about, so I'm going to sit back and listen. Um, He goes through and basically debunks all those misconceptions about what cap rates are. So first off with the whole, the all cash return. So the first one is cap rate is equivalent to the return I receive if I pay cash for the property. Well, he says the same thing. If you account for your closing costs, your return is going to drop year one. Yes, because you won't have closing costs year two, three, four, but your first year, it's going to drop whatever that return is by a point or possibly even like I gave you an example of two points. That's a significant amount uh, that's what's that, 20% of your return drops because of your closing costs that you didn't calculate because you thought you were fancy calculating your cap rate with your NOI. I really don't like using cap rate for small multifamilies, like two, three, four units, because those properties, because you can get owner-occupant loans, the way the most appraisers are appraising those properties too, they're not taking the income approach like a large apartment building or self-storage facility. They're really looking at the comps in the area. So even when I try to use a cap rate to evaluate a property, it still typically doesn't go the way I want it to go or for my clients just because again, those appraisers or anyone who's buying the property is really looking at the immediate market comps, the neighborhood comps in that area. So Cap rates are going to be used more towards the commercial side of things than the small multifamily residential side. Definitely not for single families uh, because single families, you're primarily looking at comps in the area. You're not really looking at how much income the property can be brought in. If you're using a commercial loan on a single family for an investment property, sometimes they'll try to balance it out with the income approach and the comparable approach the appraiser is, but that's not always the case. And something I need you guys to remember is as the price of a property goes up, the cap rate goes down and then vice versa. When the price goes down, the cap rate goes up. So if you're doing the math and you're playing with cap rates and values, you'll notice again when that price goes up or the price increases, the price is higher, the cap rate goes down and vice versa. So if you're looking to calculate a property again, playing with that, you'll notice that within the numbers. When we're looking at a property or we're underwriting a Uh, underwriting an apartment building, apartment complex, apartment community, whatever you want to call it. The cap rate's important for us on the exit part of the property. So really what we're looking for, and I'm just going to, while I'm sitting here with you guys, I'm going to pull up one of our deal analyzers so we can look at returns. Um, The cap rate really doesn't go hand in hand with the returns we're looking for or the IRR or the cash on cash return the way we actually look at how the deal looks itself so when we're looking at returns for a property we looking at we are looking at the cash on cash return we're looking at the equity multiple we're looking at the IRR we look at the cap rate a little bit later and I'll explain that momentarily so cash on cash return we're looking for something like 10 to 20% IRR same thing a little bit higher and then an equity multiple of at least 1.8 on that property so the reason why we're not looking at cap rate is because there's properties that have been purchased that do accomplish those cash on cash or IR returns of 15 to 20 percent and we don't even look at the cap rate because the cap rate's like two percent that's terrible if you're like oh if i bought this property for cash i'm only getting a two percent return as we all know using leverage really does help to better off the returns on a property where we're going to look at the cap rate is we're going to look at the market cap rate. So if we know this property is a 5% cap rate in this market, or these apartment complexes in this certain market are 5%. Yes, we kind of want to get a property around 5%, but we also want to dictate the sale price as if we were trying to sell at 5%. So we'll look at our pro forma. Let's say we want to sell in, well, let's look at the refinance first. Let's say we want to refinance in three years we need to figure out what our NOI is going to be in three years. We're going to bump our cap rate up by an entire point, which is going to lower our property sale value than what it was at when we purchased it at. So whatever that market cap rate is right now, we're going to add one whole point to it. So if it's 5%, we're going to predict it's going to be 6% and we're going to use that NOI to calculate that. So we're going to actually work backwards with the cap rate. So it's pretty simple. Let me give you guys an example. Year three, we're looking to refinance. Let's say our NOI is $100,000. The market cap rate for an apartment complex of that size at the time of acquisition is 5%. So what we'll be able to do is we'll take 100,000, which is our NOI, divided by 5%, and it gives us 2 million. So we know at the current market cap rate, if our NOI is 100,000, we can sell the property at 2 million. But what we're really going to do is we're going to take that NOI of 100,000, we're going to divide it by 6%, which is a little bit higher, one whole point higher, and that's going to tell us that we can sell the property for 1.6666, I know it sounds terrible, 1.6 continuing uh, million is really what we can sell the property for. The reason why we do that is because we always want to assume, worst case scenario, or right in the middle, so we want to assume that the property... Uh, the cap rate for that market is gonna go up, which is gonna lower the property prices, and we'll know what our sale price is. So when we're using the forma, we kinda know (coughs) where our numbers are gonna be, where we can calculate our IRR and our equity multiple at the uh, sales proceeds. But again, we're talking about refinance here. So we wanna know if it's 1.6 million, okay? The number we calculated, if it was $100,000 NOI at year three, The cap rate in year three was 6% for the market. We want to be able to take out, we'll say, we'll be conservative and say 75% loan to value. So 75% loan to value of 1.6 million is 1.2 million. So what we want to know is at year three, we want to be all into this property for the purchase price and the renovations somewhere south of 1.2. So when we refinance, We can pull back, pull out all of our equity, pay off our investors, pay off ourselves, have no money in the deal, and then continue the returns to our investors and ourselves. That way we can redeploy those funds somewhere else. So again, that's year three. So let me just recap real quick. Year one, we're going to purchase the property, let's say at $900,000. Year three, by year three, we want to make sure we have at least $1.2 million into the property of purchase price plus rehabs. Reason being, because if we can push the NOI to 100000 by year three, the going cap rate is 5%. We're going to increase that by one point at six percent We're going to do our equation to figure out what the sale price or the refinance price can, or appraisal price, excuse me, can be at year three for the appraisal. So we figured it's 1.6. 75% of 1.6 is that 1.2 million. So we now know that we'll be on the money there. Let's look two years further. 1.6, okay. Every year we want to increase our NOI. So let's say we go from 100,000 to 110,000 at year five. Again, that market cap rate is 5% at the time of refinance. Therefore, we're going to increase it by one point, and we're going to divide 110,000 as our NOI, divided by that 6%, that's going to give us a sale price of 1.8 million dollars so we now know that we can sell this property for 1.8 million dollars as you remember we don't have any capital in the property because we refinanced it in year three so we now get a check for 1.83 million at closing minus our closing costs minus commissions any accounts outstanding we have we'll pay our taxes on it and then we'll distribute uh, distribute the funds to all the investors and all the operators in the deal so that's where we're using the cap rate. We're using the cap rate on the back end. We're not using it on the front end as much. We're looking at the overall return. So when I say the back end, I mean more of what we're going to be selling the property at, refinance the property at. So this is all part of the underwriting process, and this is how we're using the cap rate. So. A few years back when I was playing with the small multifamily stuff, I would use the cap rate and be like, hmm, I want to buy a 9% cap rate in my market because I think that's a good cap rate. I think that's a good return. I think it's safe. And I think that's a fair purchase price. I was very naive because I was looking at the wrong metrics for measuring the numbers on that. So now we're going to use the cap rate for the bigger stuff and we can figure out our values from there. One more part of the equation when it comes to using a cap rate is it's also pretty good for comparing different properties. Maybe you're looking at two 50-unit apartment complexes in the same market and they're coming back at two different cap rates. Well, now you need to figure out two different things. Is the property a higher risk because one's older than the other or one's a different class than the other? So that's one of the things you need to figure out. And then uh, two, you need to figure out if you're overpaying for the property or underpaying for another one. So that's where the cap rate comes in again at looking at the value. Again, not looking at return, but be comparing values of two different properties. So again, we can use that cap rate for two different things, looking at the class and the risk of the property, and then actually looking at the price of the value. Are you overpaying for the asset? So. That's another thing that the cap rate can come in and help you out with that i didn't discuss too much in today's episode so i hope that guy helps you guys out a little bit of understanding what the cap rate is and how it's used to value real estate as a whole and keep in mind different in- in- industries or different asset sectors in real estate have different cap rates self storage isn't the same as industrial parks uh, is in the same as retail centers strip malls apartment complexes um, those are all going to be different so where something has more risk is gonna have a higher cap rate. Something that has less risk is gonna have a lower cap rate. A lot of times you'll see uh, a strip mall or maybe a, uh, a, an office park with a lower cap rate because it's, a, uh, it's showing a lower return because there's lower risk hedged with that. So with that, you're gonna see, okay, we've got three units, let's say, in an office park. And one's a dentist, one is a chiropractor, One's an insurance agency. They've been there for a few years or a a decent amount of years. Business is doing well for them. Odds are they're not moving. They're established there. They're going to stay. The return's a lot lower versus somewhere like a value-add apartment complex. Maybe the cap rate's going to be a little bit higher because there's a lot of risk associated with that building. Something we're seeing a lot though right now is cap rates are compressing, which means they're decreasing. So that means the overall property returns are lowering they're going down because there's more competition in the marketplace people are willing to pay a lower or a higher price and receive a lower return so basically the point i'm trying to get across to you guys is don't use cap rate as a form of calculating any return use it as a form of calculating the value of the asset and a little bit mixture of risk of the asset risk of the investment uh, not performance so it's not a performance indicator to me it's more of a value indicator and when I say value again I'm looking more at the sales value so I'm gonna go through I'm gonna look at property sales in that area comps so let's say my partner and I are looking at a property right now we're underwriting a property in a certain market I'm not gonna disclose that at the moment and we're looking at other properties that have sold in that market calculating what that cap rate is and if it lines up with the same class so if it's a class a class B class C apartment complex If we're looking at a class C apartment complex we're going to look for other class C apartment complexes of that size that have sold in that area see what the sale price is calculate then what the cap rate is at that time if we do that a few times we can get what's called the market cap rate we can figure that out and then we can add a whole point to that when we go to sell or do the sales or excuse me when we go to sell or refinance the property that gives us a better idea of that whole value Hope you guys enjoyed another episode of the podcast. Thanks for stopping in and listening to what I think a cap rate measure is in investment real estate. If you guys did enjoy the episode, stop over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, raise a review as it does help out the show, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit VictoryCapGroup.com. See you next week.